Welcome, Puckheads, to episode zero of the PHFHL Hockey Podcast. Ty and I were working on ironing out some kinks, testing our setup, and while doing that, we couldn't help but dive into Minnesota's cap situation. Listen up, here we have a casual, quick hitter, a little amuse-bouche, if you will, of things to come. So, let's uh, let's get right into it. Kevin Fiala thinks that he can earn $6.25 million. Does that seem a little high? So, I'm a... The Minnesota situation is wild to me. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I've been working on that one. Um, <laughs> like, let's talk about them. There's situ- like, before we get into, like, some of the bigger free agents, like, the, the RFAs right now, in my mind, are the most amazing thing. You got Kevin Fiala, who is asking for 6.5, uh, um, which is high to me. That's... That seems like a lot, but not only the Kevin Fiala one seems wild. It's the uh, uh, the Kirill Kaprizov one. He comes yeah. over, and I love Kirill Kaprizov. He's a great player, plays hard, goes in corners. He's not afraid to be physical. The guy is a passing wizard. Um, Calder Calder Trophy winner. But both of those numbers seem high. What was Kirill's first couple numbers he wanted was over ten or just under 10 and not for a long term. It was for three to four years. And now you have Kevin Fiala who also wants to hit the bank. And to me is this reminds me a lot of the Calgary flames. Um, I think it was 15, 16, Johnny Gaudreau first came in the league. Sean Monahan first came in and they lit it up. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, they got paid and then haven't lived up to those paychecks. Again, mm-hmm. they're not as big as some players in the league, right? You have um, Toronto who's paying three players $10 million over $10 million. But I think if you can get Krill, I mean, uh, Kevin Fiala at 5.75, maybe just a little bit under that, I think that's pretty fair, and I'm sure that's where they're going to end up. But no, 6.5, I guess you just ask high, right? Where are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that uh, that seems a little high for, for, for Kevin Fiala. I get it, um, especially when you're going into arbitration. You want to, you know, you, you don't want to undersell yourself, and you know that you're probably going to end up somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm never against players trying to earn whatever they can earn. Your job, and, and if somebody's willing to pay you that based on your talents, then, then awesome, good for you. That's not your job to make sure a general manager doesn't make a bad decision. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that, like realistically, I think it's. A negotiation position. I don't think it's uh, a suggestion that if he was in the open market, he would necessarily get six point two five or six point five, whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. Uh, K- Kirill Kaprizov is is really interesting, I think, because he is a guy that you know has spent a little bit longer playing overseas than most, and came over and lit the league up. And I think that Minnesota wants to pay him like second-year player and he wants to be paid more so on where he thinks he is in the league and so i don't i don't know if they get a deal done if there's any if there's any uh reality to that offer that that's been floated out there from russia um i think that uh 
I don't think he cares about where he plays as much as making sure that he earns the right amount in his mind, which, you know, I get that. Which is, which is tough for wild fans, right? If you think about it, when's the last player that you had somebody like Kirill's um, skill level in Minnesota? Whenever I think of Minnesota, it's the Andrew Burnett's, it's the grinding teams, right? The Devin mm-hmm. Dubnik's. They've never been like a flashy team. Well, now they have two flashy players and only need a really solid center, and they're a real contender in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. They have good goaltending prospects, but the fear now is don't lock up these players that probably should be on a bridge deal. Okay, I, I would pay Kirill Kaprizov $7 million. I'd probably pay him $8 million, right? Mm-hmm. But if I'm gonna, if he wants the short-term deal, then that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get over 10 and uh, sign for less than $8 million. Minnesota is going to want to eat up some of those UFA years. Now, what I was reading, and I think I wrote in the chat, was I guess I guess there's some media outlets in Russia calling complete BS on yeah. on the Kirill thing. Which, if that does come, well, all the power goes back to Minnesota, right? Yeah. And then there goes his whatever asks he's wanting, right? And you don't want to crap out a situation after one year. But I'm just trying to look at Panarin, what he signed for, because he did the same route, right? So he came over in 15, two-year deal. He's around he signed, 10, isn't he? Yeah, he is now. And then in 17, 18, it was six mil for two years. And then then he signed the big monster one, which is the 11.6 for um, seven yeah. years. So – Maybe Kirill needs to follow in that footsteps because it's the same exact same situation. Panarin came over, older player, won the Calder, uh, still made $6 million, only was for two years, and then basically chose where he wanted to play. So that's, yeah. that's what I think. Yeah, I think what complicates the whole situation as well is I'm sure that both the teams and the players and their agents are trying to navigate this you know, this, this low cap number that I think everybody's optimistic about the fact that three, four years from now, it will go up. Uh, but, but next year it's not expected to go up by much at all. I think and, it's a million. I think yeah, it's yeah, max a million. Yeah. That's what I heard as well. And uh, I mean, you can look around the world and see that uh, there's not a lot of evidence to suggest that's, you know, a, a hot take at all to think that things were not going to come back. Or, or, or go back to where they were so quickly. Um, but yeah, it's, so there's going to be a lot of them kind of looking at that and thinking, A, the, you know, they, they, they want to get their money now, but they also can look at that and say, look, I know that in four or five years' time, there's going to be more money available. I don't want to get screwed into a deal now for less yeah. and then four or five years from now be making, you know, way less than what I what I should based on my my skill and my output. So, well, yeah, I think really this this off season was crazy because you had Seattle coming in, so that's like a bunch of money coming into the system, right? So all the UFAs that were a UFA this year hit on that money, right? Like you look at the Blake Coleman deal, you look at the Seth Jones deal, <laughs> you look at the Darnell Nurse deal, right? Like all these freaking the Zach Wierenski deal, right? All these huge contracts. Yeah, But then next year, there's no cap raise. So all these players that are UFAs next year, I don't think there's going to be the same 
surplus of money being thrown around or anything like that. I think this is uh, I think we're going to go back to what it was last year where not many contracts and there was like the Mike Hoffman one, which was like a one year deal. Right. So, yeah. And I think that was even after um, a, uh, a tryout basically. Yeah, it was, which is yeah. wild to me. That guy, all he does is score goals, but yeah, literally no, no defense hasn't seen his own <laughs> goaltender in yeah. months, but man, he, he is, he's like a, a slightly less good Ovi on the power play. Like, you know, he, I mean, that is a compliment, but yeah, you know, he's a, yeah, he, he's, he's lights out when it comes to that situation. And he showed it in the second half of the season with the blues. Um, he really turned things on. He, you know, took a nap in the playoffs, but a lot of blues did. So there's not a lot to worry about there. <laughs> I'm looking at the, I'm looking at Minnesota's cap situation and they do have some money to spend. They currently have more money spent on their sixth defense than they do on their quick math here, like 10 or 11 uh, offensive players. Now that's once they get, or if they can get either Kevin Fiala or Kirill Kaprizov under contract. But that's another thing for them is what are they doing as a team? And they've got Spurgeon at seven and a half for many years. Yeah, Jonas, Jonas Brodin at six for many years. Now, Dumba's only got two years left. Goligoski at six mil. Goligoski's at five for this season. So that comes off the books. They'll probably be happy to get rid of that. That's some money that'll free up. But that's a lot of money to spend on a defense that has sniffed at it the last couple of years, but they certainly haven't quite been there, you know? Well, and I think Minnesota is a, a, an exciting team coming up. They have that Rossi kid that's going to be amazing. Um, I love Greenway. He's a huge player. But you're talking about uh, the defense. Let's just look at the dead money they have. This year, they save a bunch with the Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. Next year, they're paying those two guys, just dead cap, almost $13 million. Oh the my. next year and the two following seasons is close to like 300000 off of 15 mil. So if you're Minnesota, and I don't – like I get they wanted – I think they were going to try to go after Jack Eichel this year. It was highly reported they were a big player, but they don't want to lose Rossi, who was their number one prospect. That's a lot of cap if you're going to like lock up Kirill for 10 mil too. You, you are no longer free agent players. You're no longer anything like that, right? Yeah. So it's a deadly game they're playing with that dead cap, and it, it kills teams too. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. They, uh, that dead money is huge. They're, they're mostly out of the woods by 25, 26, but even then they're still at just over one and a half mil for – you know, a couple of years. That's uh, that's why, like, like you said, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> they are earning their name this year. My oh, goodness, I, they are in my books. If you look at the top, like probably three fascinating teams, they are right up there. Because what is Bill Guerin going to do with this year's cap space? Well, not really much. He did sign Goligoski this this off season, but what are they going to do now? There's no big free agents, and next year their cap space is completely gone. Especially yeah. if they sign Kevin Fial and Kirill Kaprizov. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hand Shoes. They're like shoes for your hands. They come in blue, dark blue, and coming soon, light blue. Hand Shoes. They're hands down a shoe in to make a great first impression. Mm-hmm. 
just imagine the balls Bill Guerin had. Like the balls. He's they're hanging <laughs> low. Hey, owner, I think I want to pay like buy out, you know, um, Parise and Suter. No, it's not going to cost us this year, but next year it's going to cost you 15 mil in uh, dead cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, all right. Well, I don't think there's much else to say on that for now. It'll be really interesting to see what develops with Kirill and, uh, and what Fiala um, sees in arbitration. Um, yeah, look forward to that. Well, we'll wrap it there. Thanks, my man. Uh, and uh, we'll catch you later. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, hit that subscribe button. And if you didn't, why not hit it anyway?